Hey, legends. Welcome back to another chat. Tim Finn, Andy White are uh, teaming up for the Happiness Index. Lots of fun. Uh, Tim was in New Zealand when we spoke, and uh, Andy was actually around the corner in Melbourne. I thought he was in the UK, but he's in Australia. So this was a super fun chat. Uh, both really up and about. Unfortunately, the Skype uh, cut out just towards the end, but we managed to get everything, including an incredible scoop from Tim Finn. Uh, collaborating, was asked to sing on the locomotion. You're going to hear about that and plenty more. So enjoy my chat with Tim Finn and Andy White. Aussie music is something to be proud of. Wear it like a badge. Because it's Australian bands and artists that are the influencers of so many other musicians the world over. So at Triple M, we're proud to be able to showcase the power of the Aussie music scene. Paying both homage to the greats that have stood the test of time, right alongside the current, the emerging, the future influencers. The ones that will be next to make their mark on the global music scene. If it's Aussie and it rocks, it's right here. This is Triple M's Homegrown with Matty O. Yes, right around the country. That's 52 stations and on the brand new listener app. This is an absolute treat for the show. We welcome two-thirds of this incredible songwriting partnership, this project. Well, a collaboration from Belfast, Waikido, New Zealand to Dublin. And we celebrate a friendship that it might be selling, celebrating its 30th year this year. And we've got an incredible body of work. Tracks like the Happiness Index. Best fun time for ages, and what a way to open an album. It is an absolute pleasure to welcome Tin Finn and Andy White to Triple M's Homegrown, guys. Thank you so much for joining me uh, on Zoom. We've got uh, Tim in New Zealand, Andy around the corner in Melbourne. Welcome to Triple M's Homegrown. It is a pleasure to have you. Thanks, Now, am I right in this year being the 30th year since you guys met or close to? We haven't been emphasizing it, but we <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was 19... It was... What, what year was it, Andy? Yeah, I think it was... 94 was when... We made no, the exactly. It's 30, it must be because 30 years, because Tim would have come to Dublin where I was living in a flat with uh, Liam from Hot House Flowers. Yeah. You might that makes and sense. Then we came to you, Tim, didn't we, in 94? Yeah, because I was just turning 40. I turned 40 when I first came to Ireland. I don't know why it took so long, because I always felt very Irish growing up. Mum was born in Ireland. Mm. But it took me 40 years to get there. And when I got there, these guys were waiting for me. So it was a pretty wonderful uh, entry <laughs> yeah, yeah. into that lifestyle. Can you remember the first yeah. time you got – can you pinpoint the moment where you guys met for the first time? Liam always said he's got, got this friend, Andy White. You'd really like him. You've got to meet him. So that's all, that's all I remember. I don't, don't remember the actual night. I remember sure. the first time Tim came to our place. And Liam, of course, wasn't there. He asked Tim to so. – Tim arrives at the door. We went straight to Walter's pub, I think, and had a pint of real Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always tell people, never drink Guinness until you go to Ireland. It is different. It is just definitely different and better. I love that. Worth waiting for. I, yeah. I love that. Hey, congratulations on the album. I, I haven't stopped listening to it since I since I put it on. And you, you both have a rich, rich history of collaboration. Can you talk to me? about collaborating from different parts of the world for this project. Yeah, well, it, it started with a memory of that time we met. Andy sent me a newspaper cutting of Liam's. Uh, Liam O'Moynley, of course, sang with the Hot House Flowers. Your listeners would remember those that band very well. Um, so Liam, Liam uh, did an interview a, few, a couple of years back 
And he was asked about that time because it you know, becomes semi-legendary in a very underground way, this whole alt project. Me, me, Andy, of course, being the A, Liam being the L, me being the T, it was a project from heaven for all of us. We loved mm. it. And so Liam was saying, oh, well, you know, the sea holds the memory. And because we used to swim at the, in the sea every day, he and I particularly, yeah. in a place called the 40 foot. And Andy will tell you about the 40 foot because the 40 foot's been eulogized in a recent TV series, Andy. Yeah, right. Have you seen Bad Sisters, Matty? Yeah, I have. You know what? You know the place the sisters go to meet and they talk? Yeah, yeah, Lots yeah. Of rock, wild sea. That's the 40 foot. No way, famous. Previously, it was like celebrated amongst a certain coterie of people, <laughs> yeah. or it was maybe it was in, it's in Ulysses by James Joyce because it's really close to where. Whoa. But now it's a, a global phenomenon because the girls, all the bad yeah. sisters, all me. Yeah. And it was funny. I, I think that's funny. I love that irony that. There were three three men meeting there to, well, eventually wrote an album together, became great friends, and years later you see it uh, reappearing. This place, this mythical place, with yeah, the, those amazing sisters meeting to talk there. It's just so Irish to call something the forty foot because usually you'd say the forty foot what, <laughs> right? but they leave out the what. <laughs> <laughs> I've um I've spoken to a few acts who have uh, put out albums and collaborated uh, from different parts of the world. And since this release, have you guys all been in the same room together yet? We were in the um, same street. We were in South Bank. We met up when Tim came across to do a nice. music lesson. Tim, it was yeah. I had a project on with a Melbourne theatre company, and uh, Andy and I managed to get together and shoot the photos that we used in the artwork. Great, Andy's son. Bastian did all the artwork, did a lovely job. Yeah. And so we had a great day of reminiscing and had dinner together, but otherwise it was all just file sharing. And yeah. I've done a lot of sharing projects. They're great. I mean, you don't have to meet. You're kind of meeting in an invisible realm and music belongs there anyway. So, yeah, it was very cool. That's nice. Music belongs there anyway. Actually, when you're co-writing, you're in the room. Yeah, there is an energy comes off the back and forwards, immediate. But in another way, I would receive... Like Tim would send across a great chorus, like the start of something amazing, and we'd have talked over the story of the theme. Nice. And then you've got little time to think about maybe the narrative, maybe the verse, maybe where it goes, maybe to put your point of view when Tim had put his point of view. Nice. So it was kind of nice to have those little those pauses as well. And it was yeah. a great way of Tim and I to communicate again between uh, Auckland and Melbourne. It wasn't it wasn't that the time difference wasn't too much. It was, yeah. it was cool. I suppose um, when you're in a studio working on an album and you're going through the tracks and you're putting everything down, you've got a sense of when you're getting close to finishing the album and it's ready to send off for mixing. I suppose when you're collaborating online, uh, did you guys have a deadline for this? How did you guys kind of know that, you know, when it was done, it was done? Well, the deadline was, you know, let's finish this before we die. It was a bit sad that Liam wasn't with us, you know, and so that partly the fact that he wasn't there, he became like our muse. Mm. And so we would just think about Liam and that he was coming up in all sorts of ways in the lyrics. There's a line, a line or two I wrote into the song um, Bundle, of, Bundle of Our Dreams, which was Andy's lovely song about his parents, and then mm. I kind of added in some stuff about my parents. And then the in the bridge in the middle eight bit, there's a, there's a few lines about um, 
the Irish mongrel's humble final scene lying naked in a tiny stream. Because the thing is with Liam, if we're driving along in a van on tour somewhere and he sees a stream or a creek, he'll say, stop the van, stop the van, and get out, take off all his clothes and lie <laughs> down in the stream. And that, that's just his way. And so it always, it always stayed with me. I, I love a person who does that on a band trip. <laughs> unless, unless you're running late for soundcheck or the actual gig. Uh, that wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. <laughs> Swim comes first. <laughs> it sounds like, um, you know, doing projects like this and songwriting, how, how has this kind of changed the way you guys are creating and making music now, this, this, this whole process? How has it changed for you both individually? Well, I, I know for me it's actually uh, up the ante with productivity. I mean, it's, I find it much easier to have a couple of things on the go and um, especially with lyrics, it's, as Andy said, you're going back and forth, you're refining and honing themes together, um, but not in real time. It's like in virtual time and you can take your time and you can, mm. you know, it just it gets rid of any, not that there's much, there was ever much ego between us in, in alt at all, really. I can remember one gig where I was in a bit of a grumpy mood and I think Liam had a go at me. But, you know, basically we were we were living a charmed existence as the perfect kind of um, below the radar supergroup, yeah, and uh, and you know, but the thing is, there's no ego at all when you're just exchanging files, and there's no presence, there's no awkwardness, there's no I'm having a bad day, any of that stuff, you know. It just I find it very, very productive, and so um, yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I do love being in a room with people, of course, but I've done plenty of that over the years, so this is a nice yeah. change. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm just writing down below the radar. Below the radar supergroup. <laughs> I'm going to sign up to that. <laughs> Have also, it was yeah, really good in uh, one of the one one huge thing when you're recording an album is mixing the album. You've mm. got all your ideas. You put them oh, on. Yeah. What do you do next? Well, online is really great for that because uh, we were able to access fantastic the services of, and friendship of a, a really old friend of mine called John Leckie. John Leckie, of course, yeah. And to, like, for example, I mean, he'd probably come over to Melbourne or Auckland in a heartbeat. Yeah. But to be able to send him what we'd done in Oxfordshire and for him to take exactly as much time as he wanted to take yeah. mixing was a wonderful thing. And that yeah. actually coincided with the lockdown and all that kind of thing so he just took as long as he wanted to to mix it so we didn't have a deadline because right. the work stopped so amazing and yeah. John, john's really great yeah he, he's known um, to um, leaning over his shoulder going well i'll have a little bit more of <laughs> i'm not interested in mixing i really am not i love i love it when somebody just takes it over mm. I mean, John, you know John Leckie's work, Matty. You know Stone Roses. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I'm across it. He actually was around with John Lennon was recording um, the first solo record, right, Andy? Plastic Ono Band. No way. Yeah, really? One of the first things he, he got was that. And another, like his second job was like, John, do you want to do Dark Side of the Moon or Imagine? <laughs> oh, no way. Like, yeah. Oh, I <laughs> it's got a really huge history yeah it's a wonderful history right through to like you say stone roses and muse yeah yeah um, yeah yeah so we were lucky i mean andy knows him as a friend otherwise it may not have happened and also mm. lockdowns on our side because john was 
you know, unable to rip up to London or go to Europe, uh, you know, so he was at home and doing a lot of work at home and enjoying that. I don't think he'd done a lot of that previously. Now, he was learning, kind of learning how to do that almost in a way, I think. Um, and, and There's so a funny he- story about learning how to do it, Tim, where he's, he, he goes to Los Angeles to produce Los Lobos, and they're like Mexicans, so everything's very relaxed. You know, the timetable is very, very flexible. <laughs> And they worked at this really expensive studio for weeks. And the first day, like, nobody turns up. Second day, nobody turns Well, somebody turns up really late and goes, hey, John, we're just writing the songs. And John thinks to himself, what am I going to do in the studio? I've got to be in the studio. So he learns how to use all the computer software. Wow. And that's, and they eventually arrive on the last day and just record. <laughs> wins amazing band Los Lobos. So but that's kind of how he learned it. And yeah, he was he he loves working like that on something because there's lo- loads and loads of layers. We sent him yeah. Maddie, we sent him all our ideas and nice. thought he might select but he actually just thought, okay, these are their ideas. I'm gonna work with this and that's why it was quite a process what i love about you guys whether it's old or this project is the dual vocals and i hear these tracks and you know i, I want to see it live are there any plans to you know potentially down the track get together for some shows there's no plan maddie but there's you know there's a desire and i'm sure nice. it's going to happen at some point yeah, yeah great. we might just do it in a stripped back way i think the songs will stand up really really well just me and andy big time but it's, you know andy's son sebastian played drums on some of these tracks and he'll He'd, if he was around, I'm sure he'd love to play drums and, you know, we'd find a bass player. So we might be a small band or it might just be a duo, but I think we'll probably do it. I'll put my hand up to play drums if he's not around, just out, throwing it out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. You're on, man. Yeah. I, think, I don't think anybody in my years of doing interviews, Maddie, I don't think anybody's ever said that. So well done. Done, yes. Because I think, yeah, like an evening with kind of thing would be super, would be just super. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. Because, you know, what I love about you guys and, and even just kind of chatting here are the stories. And I think something like that would be really cool in between songs. That'd be, yeah, that'd be super fun. Yeah. Um, we, got the title, we got the title for a show anyway, what The Evening. It? Oh, yeah. Best fun time for ages. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. say they say you um they say you learn something from every record. What, what do you guys both take away from this process? Uh, the recording, the mixing, the release. What what's something that you guys really kind of take from this album? I mean, I think for me, it's um, well. There's several things, but one would be the power of memory. How 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 powerful a trigger a memory can be, Love and it doesn't mean, it's not talking about nostalgia. It's talking about um, you know, being right present in the moment now and allowing yourself to kind of eulogize a memory. Um, I think that's 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 a beautiful thing we can all do in our lives. And another thing I've learned is that um, all you need is a good Neumann microphone, which I've got. And that's that's my studio. Is the Neumann mic. And uh, <laughs> thanks to Andy, who's who can play bass and electric guitar, and and uh, as I said, Sebastian, a bit of drumming. Although I did do some drumming. Um, but you know you can just about get away with with a couple of mics, and as long as you have a good mixer, you know. So it, it, it's all a process of revelation and learning, and yeah, I'm loving it. Yeah, yeah, I might have learned. Like Tim's really good at focusing in on something you've been talking about, or a story you send him, and like extracting the theme of the song from that. Nice, because like solo, you might think. I'm going to, I've been thinking about this and I'm going to write about this. It's probably, for me, it's more instinctive or 
it's less thought out, really. Yeah, and cool. As the two of you, you've got to be concentrating on one story or one yeah. theme, and that's really good. And also, just like Tim says, allowing yourself to be the happy recipient yeah. of a great creative idea and just 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 letting that inspire you to take you somewhere else. I love Fantastic. that. And what about the fact that uh, you're uh, actually part of history, Andy? Uh, Tim's first ever guitar solo. Oh well, just to be <laughs> present, just to be present on the track. Wow. <laughs> it's not really a solo; it's a, it's a kind of a motif, but it does have variations in it. So, yeah, yeah. you could argue it was a kind of a solo, I suppose. Okay, well, no, but- Tim's walking back. He's walking back that it's a silver <laughs> Anyway, just for your listeners, Matty, it's the el- it's the outro of Happiness Index. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> now, uh, this has been so much fun. I've been looking forward to the- for this for a while, and I've done a bit of digging. This is a game I play with uh, every act I have on the show. It's called... So it's called Memory Lane. So what I've done is I've gone through random gigs in your history together... And I've found audio from them, and we're going to play them. And I'm going to see what springs to mind, okay? Now, it doesn't have to be the performance. It could be the sound check. It could be uh, meeting someone there. I'm just going to play something and pluck your memory. So we are going to 1993. This was performed on TV in Dublin. Many is the time I'd give anything just to belong. Many is the time. What memories do you have from that performance? I couldn't find the show, but I can find audio from it. So it was performed on, on a TV show in Dublin. That's all I could find out. I don't remember the show, but the three of you are performing. Uh, there's You're talking a... about the late, late show, Matty. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe. The longest running chat show continuously in the whole world. There you go. Talk to me. What, what was that like? Any memories from that performance? It would have been a big deal then for you, Andy? There's a show in Ireland which every single person in the country watched every week at nice. 10 o'clock on Saturday evening. Yeah, Tim got, I got a call. Uh, Tim was touring... Before and after, Tim, I'm sure. Yeah, I just got a call to come and uh, nice come and perform with you guys. Remember you had Drawer, the accordion player? Um, yeah. Oh. Was it 1993, though, because that's when we met. So It was really, yeah, we'd hardly, we'd, we'd met, but not. But I didn't make before and after until after, well after that, I didn't think. They, oh, okay. they, so we, they might have put I the date wrong. Really wrong. wrong. No, no, it doesn't matter anyway. We're getting muddled. Well, I am. Andy, you should tell this story. We've well, already told it. Uh, that That's the TV show. I don't remember doing it, I'm sorry. Um, that's okay. But that's... I do remember that, that time, you know. Um, it's interesting that only the audio exists. But, but, yeah, I remember Tim had an accordion player and maybe a small band. Yeah. And, we well, obviously we, we must have written the song, but very, very recent. I think, yeah, Tim must be right. Maybe the album wasn't out yet. Okay. And we just... We just literally got on the biggest TV show in Ireland. <laughs> hey, no. hey, however you get there. All right. We're gonna... Exactly. Uh, just written. Yeah. All right. We're going to go to 1995. I hope you can hear this audio because it's, a, it's from a festival in Germany 
performing uh, We're All Men. Any memory from that show? Well, um, I think I'd just been dumped by my girlfriend oh. and I was getting the flu. No way. So it was an absolute shocker for me. If it's the one I'm thinking of, that's the one where Liam had a go at me um, a little unfairly in retrospect, although I don't think the flu had quite come on. But I was about to <laughs> I was about to go into a profound malaise and <laughs> I, w- I was in bed in Dublin for about a week after that. Oh, and, right. Um, there was a lovely la- a young woman staying in the same house, and she kind of looked after me, and I don't remember her name, but Annie might remember it. It was because she would just come in every now and then and go, how are you doing? And she might bring, bring me a soup or something. It was just the most tender care, and I didn't see her again afterwards. She, she left Dublin, and, you know, so it was one of those ministering angel situations which one is very fortunate to have an experience of in one's life but the gig itself not great memories is was was on a band of the rhine river and it was called the lorelei festival and i know it because there are very few uh videos of alt live and we usually we played in tiny clubs or clubs which are full of people and this is like exactly the opposite it's the sunshine on a german afternoon yeah and i remember we played before gary moore who's like a belfast guitar player who did like parisian walkways and like he was in thin lizzie yeah. and um who's maddie wow. you know that sort of muso american group who've sold like billions of copies in america but nowhere else and they're from northwest australia or america i can't remember who how recent is. Like this would be ninety nineties, oh, like Muso Bells, millions of copies. Well, there were, it was yeah. like a rock festival that one, okay. and it was in the bands in the river. But I'm linking it to Tim's story because I think the ma- Rhine maidens who lured sailors to their. It's, I'm kind of linking that. Yeah, they would sit oh. on the banks of the Rhine. So I'm linking that to Tim's story of no. uh, sustenance, a bit of dark sucker. mythology. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely dark mythology. You've got an amazing memory, Andy. I guess we both did pretty well on that one. Yeah. Well, what, what were those shows like performing, man? I, I love the fact that you guys would swap instruments. I kind of feel like that wasn't really happening at the time. And, and, and what was the kind of reaction when you guys would play shows, you know, after it's released, after the album releases? Well, every single show was amazing except for that one for me. And that was just very kind of random um, life stuff that was getting in the way. But yeah. there's a great recording uh maddie of our new york show we did um which you can get it's on spotify andy right oh really yeah that's that's a great thing to mention tim because yeah if anybody's interested in alt what we were like live it's called live at tramps nyc yeah. it's like our new york gig and yeah. it's really good. got everything in it it's really um because the gigs were very very special yeah. I mean, we'd send Liam out first and he would do 10 minutes of didgeridoo and Baron, uh, the Baron drum. Nice. Um, which would set it up in a really kind of cool kind of, um, you know, just, yeah, roots, earthy kind of, it really sort of earth, it, it earthed the whole thing. And then out we would come, you know, and as you say, we'd swap instruments around a bit. I mean, I love that. The more, the only- the only thing that didn't really work was Liam on drums. And I can say, he won't mind me saying this, but, he, he's really one of the worst drummers I've ever heard. 
And, <laughs> he's amazing on the Baron, right? And he's a gifted, a gifted, bordering on genius um, musician and singer. Yeah. But when he gets on the drum kit, it just, oh, you know, it's just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah. work. It's he's a shocker. Great, as the bass player, I'd say Liam's one of the bravest bass players. <laughs> 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 like, nobody notices what you do until you make a mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, shame about the bass, but Liam didn't have that fear. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> oh, I felt, I felt. The thing was, he'd have a go, though. He'd definitely just, lay, you know, have a go at it. Yeah. Was and it gave, Maddie, it gave such a dynamic to the show because it was, at that time, it was so unexpected that after a song would finish, everybody'd swap. Yeah, that's what um, I mean. Like, that did, I couldn't, that didn't really happen was, before that. No, and you didn't need to be good. You honestly didn't. It was just the fact that we did it. It yeah. didn't need, didn't, we didn't need to be like virtuosos at that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, it's so cool how, like, I, I would love to see a gig, especially back then, because it would have been such a new concept. Like, I can't think of any bands doing it. It's just, it's awesome. Unless yeah. you're Prince. Yeah. Well. If you want Prince, Prince playing the, everything is, he's just, in, I just saw a, a Prince playing bass solo last night, and bass solo would normally turn you off, but oh my God. <laughs> um, all right. I found one more gig. I'll try and turn up as much as I can. Blowing bubbles on the Lisburn Road. Uh, oh my God. Well, how could I know? You're both laughing. That's a good sign. Well, 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 uh, it's, uh, it's you guys at Glastonbury. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Any memories from Glastonbury? Whoa. We do the acoustic tent. And yes. We must have. Yeah. Anybody have memories of Glastonbury? <laughs> well, first. Well, Unless it's recorded in video or audio. You weren't there, man, if you can remember. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> you weren't in the acoustic tent if you think you well, played the acoustic sound. I can remember going into a tent. Uh, we wandered around doing various things. I can remember walking into a tent there, and there was a very famous publicist called Lynn Franks who had done publicity for Split Ends in 1976 when we first went to England. That was because of our Roxy Music connection through Phil Manzanera. Yeah. And she was probably the, the hottest publicist in London. So it was really good. She got us some great stuff. Cool. There we were 30 years later, and Lynn was entirely naked inside this tent. <laughs> and she, <laughs> what? The story just... <laughs> It was a very um, wholesome reunion, let's say. Uh, <laughs> I missed that retail time. She was naked but daubed with paint. Is that what you said? Well, odd sort of, yeah, like Mary, she'd gone fully, you know, into a, a well, again, I'll use the earthy uh, word, an earthy <laughs> realm, and probably wasn't doing publicity anymore. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a remarkable story. <laughs> One too many Glastonbury's, maybe. You know, <laughs> yeah. but there are people, I know people who would say they would live, if they could live 24 7 for the rest of their lives at Glastonbury, that's what they'd do. Yeah. You know, they just embrace it so totally and utterly. I've played it twice now. I loved it both times. I love the old one, and I did it solo once. Yeah, it's, it is a brilliant place and an event, yeah. Awesome. We should, we should talk about shows as well. Uh, Tim, you're coming to – you're doing a national tour in September. Andy, you've got some shows in London uh, early July. Yeah, well, I'm going to pl- – yeah, because I'm – Back for a couple of reasons, and and there was a place I always wanted to play in London. Cool, and they came through with the right date. So nice, yeah, I'm playing July the twelfth. Nice, exciting. If 
if you're uh, listening in London, go along. And then, uh, Tim, exciting to do a lap around the country too. And pl- like we said uh, before the interview started, playing some iconic venues too. It must, it must be a really kind of special thing. It is very special. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I was lured out of my cave because I was happy making albums and trying to write musicals with people. And, yeah. you know, but the, the, I played this show in Manly towards the end of last year. Mm. And my band knew all the songs, all the Old End songs, everything, you know, and they, we ran through the set chronologically starting from 1977. Oh, cool. It just felt like a lot of fun and a whole lot of connection for me and the crowd. And I thought, yeah, I probably should do this again. So I'm really looking forward to it. And as you said earlier to me, Maddie, in those great rooms like the Palais or the Civic Theatre in Auckland, you know, they're irresistible spaces, really. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And if it goes well, then I think, you know, that'll whet my appetite for some shows with Andy and, and other things, you know, that'll come up. It'll get me back on stage again, which I, I really miss, actually. Oh, that's so cool. And you you guys both must have a newfound appreciation. I mean, you guys have been doing it all your lives. Just a newfound appreciation for playing live and touring and, yeah. and seeing, you know, your family, which is, you know, your, your touring party, your managers as well, just a new kind of love for it. Not that it wasn't there before, but just, you know, a newfound appreciation. Definitely. A newfound appreciation. It never gets old and it loops back into the writing. The whole thing's one big loop, really. Yeah. And if you lose contact with an aud- a live audience, then you're losing something, you know. Yeah. There's got to be a reason Bob Dylan does 150 shows a year and he's in his 80s. I'm sure it's feeding his writing because he's still writing great records. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Hey, uh, I've got one more game on going. I don't know if my Zoom link's going to cut out, but I'm just going to do it anyway. I do it with all the bands. It's called... On Triple M's Homegrown with Matteo, it's time for... Uh-oh, it's my party dinner. So this is called Right Party Dinner, and uh, I pick three artists completely at random, and you've got to write a song with one, you can party with the other, and the third you take home to dinner, all right? So I'll get your answers individually. Pick completely at random... Your three artists to choose from are Elvis Presley, your second artist, Eminem, your third artist, Kylie Minogue, right party dinner with Elvis Presley, Eminem or Kylie Minogue. Tim, you can go first. Uh, well, when you when you say write a song, Maddie, did you say write a song with or for? With. With. Okay, so I'm going to take Elvis home f- for dinner. I like that. Because uh, my wife is a huge fan of Elvis Presley, and I know that it'll put me in her good books for <laughs> probably many lifetimes. <laughs> <laughs> and let's face it, you can probably get the acoustic out at the end of the night after a couple of reds too, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, what a what a dinner that would be. All right. So- I mean, you know, fried, I suppose fried chicken and, uh, no, well, his thing was uh, fried Sandwiches, a fried bread with banana and peanut butter, and um, what else he used to add into that? It didn't obviously work that well in the end for him, but no. I'm sure it's delicious. Uh, oh. What an artist! Okay, then I would party. Now, if I've, I've got to choose uh, between, between, I've got to say who I want to party with and who I want to write a song with. Yeah, right? and you got Eminem and Kylie um, left. Okay, I'm going to write a song with Kylie because nice. many, many years ago, when she was just exiting out of uh, Neighbors, yeah, and be, and becoming a pop star. Um, she sent a message through Mushroom Records for me uh, asking if I would sing on Locomotion. Which no was her first way. Hit. And I couldn't do it at the time. And I, I felt, you know, because anyway, yeah, so to make up for me not turning up that day in the studio, I would write a, write a song with Kylie if she'd let me. And um, wow. that leaves me partying, partying with Eminem, who's <laughs> it's, it's... Uh, he obviously cleaned himself all up now. So, you know, it's going to, and I'm pretty clean. So it'd be pretty, you know, pretty sort of civilised 
party. And what the thing I like about Eminem is he makes me laugh. He's really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know that he's deadly serious as well, mm. but he's but to me there's an implied humor in just about everything he does. So yeah, I like absolutely. That. Good answers. Wow, that locomotion story is crazy. Yeah, could have been me, you know. Wow. All right, uh, Andy, what do you got? You got three artists here. Are, you, are we going for the same thing? Are we mixing it up? Well, to make up for when, like, Eminem, he's always on the phone. He's like, could you just, could you just come on? I'm like, too busy. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I would try with him because Stan is so good. Yeah. And I don't know if back to there yet yeah Yeah. i'd be partying with kylie after she 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 had the great writing session with tim yeah that'd be a fun night that would be a fun night i want to go to that leave tim in the studio the third one is elvis what are we doing what's what's the schedule with elvis uh you're having dinner you're both having dinner with elvis at the same time dinner with elvis come on yeah absolutely Uh, let's just combine it andy you me and elvis and we'll let marie sit in on it and uh... (laughs) that was uh tim finn andy white uh uh, the Happiness Index is out now. Skype cut out, so I didn't get to say goodbye, which is a real shame. But looking forward to getting uh, Tim in studio for a co-host when he tours in September. And, uh, you know, hopefully Andy comes out and we get to hear these songs as well. So uh, thank you very much for listening to another chat. Make sure you keep up to date. Subscribe. Triple M's Homegrown. I'll see you next time.